Hello and welcome to Women in Customer Success podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. I'm Maria Skobe, your host, and this is episode 28. Before we go to the main part of the show, I would like to share an announcement. Slack Community for Women in Customer Success is now live, just waiting for you to join. So, if you would like to connect with other amazing women in the industry, share resources, best practices, coffee chats, mentoring, career development, check the link in the show notes and join the group. We would like to see you there. Today, I'm talking to Katrina Coakley, Director of Customer Success at Talent Reef. Katrina is sharing her experience of successfully working with product organizations to create a memorable client experience. She is also revealing a story of a memorable mentor that positively influenced her career and her take on success. So let's get into it. I'm very excited today to welcome Katrina Coakley, Director of Customer Success at Talent Reef. Hi Katrina, welcome to the show. Hi, Maria. Thank you for having me. Katrina, would you like to give us a bit more information about your background and your story? How did you end up in customer success? Sure. Yeah. So I I graduated out into the recession in 2010 and just started marketing myself as a marketing consultant in, in New York City and ended up working with a SaaS company. And I was really fortunate because the C-level at that SaaS company really took me under their wings and helped me learn about business and marketing and uh, reoccurring revenue. But during this time, I also interviewed with a woman who was running a marketing company and uh, I didn't get the position. They ended up not hiring anyone, but I realized that she lived pretty close to me. And so I reached back out to her and said, Hey, you know, I really believe in your business. I had such a great time during the interview. Are you open to me shadowing you? And so I basically asked this woman if I could just kind of follow her around and she welcomed it. She was very kind. She brought me into her home and would cook me dinner and teach me lots of things about business and life and just how to move into the business world as a woman, really. Just really grateful for that relationship. Wow, (laughs) that sounds so lovely. Oh, you were going to her home. Did she cook dinners for you? I just wonder. (laughs) She did. (laughs) She did. She taught me a, a good bit about different Jewish dishes and she was very welcoming. And in my career, I have found that sometimes if you just ask for help and and let people know that you're interested and kind of replicating what they've done. People can be really welcoming and they are sometimes encouraged by a person who wants to make a better life for themselves and are willing to help with that. I think it's so uh, amazing how you said you just ask her if you could follow her around. So of course you would, (laughs) you you were meeting in her house, I believe, you know, having conversations. Did you have a chance to actually follow her in her career as well? being present in some of her events or anything that she was doing? How were you actually learning from her about career? Yeah, the role that I'd interviewed for was a marketing internship. And she allowed me to create collateral and 
you know, write in the newsletter and, and work with the graphic designer. She would give me an assignment and I would go out and do it. But I, I'm sure I had more questions than the average person who had been working in marketing for a while. And so she would let me set up by her desk and I had the ability to ask her questions back and forth. So I would go to my day job and then spend the evenings with this kind woman who uh, opened her door to me. What an amazing woman. <laughs> what an amazing mentor. Well, great role model for sure. So after you kind of had your learning with her and being an intern in marketing, what were the next parts in your career that led you into customer success? How did that transition happen? I was doing the consulting and picking up these internships and just still looking for a full-time job. And I saw a job for what was at the time called an account manager at a SaaS company. And a lot of it sounded like what I was already doing. I think I was maybe the 30th employee at this company. I, I went to the interview and it's a typical New York City story where, you know, the new girl in New York goes to East 42nd Street when really she's supposed to be on West 42nd Street and ends up being like 10 minutes late for the interview. And what ended up happening was I went to the interview. I talked a little bit about what I was doing in my current marketing roles, working at these SaaS organizations. And for the rest of the interview, we really talked about books and communication and literature. And even though I was late, I was quite disheveled, to be honest. I was given the opportunity to join the company as a junior account manager. I think now they call the role a customer success associate. And because it was a startup, you had to wear all these different hats. You had to be the admin for your team. You had to manage your CRM. So you're that person who was the company's Salesforce admin. You're working with the marketing team on getting the quick start guides together and providing communication out to your existing customer base. But I really, I had the opportunity to have all these different parts of the department of the company. And what was fantastic was this company gave each employee the autonomy to basically own their role and own the customer experience. And if you had an idea and you could back it up, especially with numbers or interested customers, you could go to the CEO and say, hey, I have this idea. Do you have a minute? And people would actually listen to you. Uh, and so working in that environment and kind of being forced to work with the C-level and directors at other companies gave me the confidence to continue my career at other organizations and speak to people at all levels. And I'm just thankful for the experience to work with an organization that was so welcoming to everyone at, at all levels. It sounds wonderful how you were able to own your role and even your take on client experience. So as you master these skills, during the time, I wonder what would you say now is really most important element of creating an amazing client experience? It's really thinking about the kind of experience that you as a reasonable person would want to have. I go back to this sometimes when either I'm interviewing or I'm interviewing someone else for a job. I go back to like the restaurant experience. I spent a lot of time in food and beverage and when you're in food and beverage or in a server or a bartender, you have the ability to craft an experience for your tables. And if you do a great job, these customers will continue to come in. They are willing to sit at the bar and spend money on drinks. 
and then later sit in your section. And if you're listening to what they say they like, if you're paying attention and anticipating their needs and doing things like, you know, refilling their drinks when the drink starts to get low, they appreciate that experience. And it's all these kind of small things that add up to a pleasant experience for these guests. Additionally, the restaurant ends up making so much more money just by doing those small things. Because again, the people who come in, they'll sit at the bar, they'll sit at your section, they may have dessert, they may have drinks. And for both parties, I think for the servers and for the guests, they're having a good time. They're just enjoying each other. And so the same translates into the SaaS world or into the customer success world. You're a customer, you've just dropped some money on a a new product, a new platform, and you want to have a seamless experience where you don't have to think about much. And if the company puts themselves in the shoes of the customer, says, what would I expect? What would be my worries and solves for those things? It can provide a seamless experience for that customer and one that is so unnoticeable. They may bring you some additional business just because you have planned to solve for their worries. Being in customer success and product obviously would be the main reason why clients come to your organization because the product should solve some of their business needs. So how do you work with product in a way that you can really provide that seamless experience for the clients? If we are talking about a restaurant experience that we all are familiar with, how do you translate that with your own work for the clients? A lot of it has to do with working tirelessly with your product team. So now I see this this transition where companies are interested in product-led development, which makes sense, right? You have to have this intuitive product that's easy to use, that provides guidance so so customers get help in real time. But a product needs to be flexible, it needs to be intuitive, and it needs to not leave the customer behind. And so it's really important that product teams and customer success teams work together closely and people start to think of customer success and product going hand in hand the same way they think about sales and marketing going hand in hand. And when I think about how we did this at probably the most successful organization that I've spent time with, we simply started having meetings every other week. And our product team would say, hey, what are customers experiencing? What's happening in the market? What are you hearing that customers want? And we started to to stack rank those things and roll them out. And it also include customers in in the, the product development side too. You're walking a fine line because you don't necessarily want to ask your customers to do everything, which is why you want to leverage your customer success team and use the customer success team to advocate both on behalf of the customer and on on the company itself. Uh, And so you just want to work with your product team, make sure that you're sharing candid and transparent feedback with them. And sometimes I think that can be a little difficult because you want to tread lightly. You know, these are people that are perhaps your friends or you have like a a personal relationship sometimes with your product team. But that candid feedback is really important. And so it's important to be in an environment where you can speak openly and candidly. So in your experience, what have you seen is working well? So what is the best way to utilize the tools and provide an open feedback to the product? Systems like Pendo allows you to uh, understand how customers are using your system and get 
real-time information from them. I think that there are customer success platforms that do a great job of integrating with systems like Pendo. Churn Zero is one that I think gives you some really good bang for your buck, right? It allows you to integrate directly with Pendo, integrate directly with Salesforce, and pull in product information, product feedback into your Churn Zero system and filter out a view for anyone who's using Salesforce. Additionally, if you get feedback, Churn Zero gives you the ability to see the feedback quite easily and also act on it. I think a lot of times we are gathering feedback, we're looking at it, maybe we're, we're not looking at it, but we don't necessarily do anything with it. I think we, we lose the right to continue to ask our customers for feedback if we don't also do something with it. Um, so Churn Zero can allow you to automate your responses or it can provide alerts for your customer success managers so that they know to reach out and get more information. Additionally, there are systems, I think Stylio is one or Style.io is one that allows you to uh, stack rank the feedback or stack rank the product enhancements and see the customer profile that's attached to it so that you can make smart decisions about where you invest next in your product. And so doing those three platforms together provide uh, clarity on which customers are, are looking for what, and also how much revenue you get from those customers. How much is at risk if you don't continue to innovate your product and secure renewals with those customers who are looking for enhancements. Sometimes I think we have a habit of making product enhancements based on the squeakiest wheel as opposed to the overall benefit of your entire customer base. And, you know, in the past, I've seen some organizations have an unwillingness to invest in the platforms that allow companies to make smart data-driven decisions, but people still want the results of having a customer success team and, and having someone kind of watch over the renewal. But it's not enough to just have a customer success team the same way that it's not enough to just have a product team. People have to have the visibility to make smart decisions. I like that you emphasized the importance of real data that you gather from the client feedback. So once you have the data, how do you work with product around it? So how do you go around prioritizing the work that needs to be done for particular type of clients? And how do you even share what will happen in the product roadmap with a client? I think it's important to continue meeting on a regular basis. And I never thought of this as something that was unique or, or even difficult because it's something that when I was coming up in customer success and account management was just like an organic part of having the customer success team and the product team work closely together. So we would meet every two weeks. And before something went to a customer, whether it was for additional customer feedback or you know a customer advisory board or anything like that, key members of a customer success team, like the customer success associates who really work with the majority of customers because they don't own any customer relationships specifically, but they do a lot of the admin and some of the support work for the entire customer base. So the customer success associate would meet with, say, like the vice president of product, your graphic designers, uh, those who are in charge of UI and UX. And as we have 
agreed on what we're going to do next in the product and the product team is building it out, they take the customer success associates and perhaps some customer success managers along in that journey. And so they get early access to see the mock-ups. What happens if the customer taps here or clicks here? What is that experience like? And they can help with certain pitfalls or avoid certain pitfalls. So if you are a company that's focused on security and compliance, the customer success managers need to know which sort of security and compliance measures really affect particular industries. Maybe they're verticalized by industry. And the product team should have some knowledge of that as well, uh, but they might not be experts in it. And so the customer success team needs to be able to see mock-ups. They need to be able to help identify gaps so that everyone can succeed together. Sometimes I think companies will roll out a new product that sounds really cool if you're on the product team or if you are just a random person who's not in your customer base. But a customer who is focused on compliance and security in a particular industry might get that product and very quickly say, hey, this actually doesn't work for us. We need certain information. Meanwhile, the product team has already spent significant time developing a product, testing it and rolling it out only for it to be unusable by the customers that you need to use it. So it's really important that CSMs and anyone working in that customer base gets early access to mock-ups and understand how the, the UI will work. And companies can even set up a working group or if they want to call it a steering committee or whatever, but something with the product team, customer success, implementation if they have it, and maybe a representative from the support team as well get early access to product development before it's rolled out to customers to verify that the company is going in the right direction or in a usable direction. I really like how you describe it because it almost sounds like reality check on the product and what have been designed even before you are kind of presenting it to the clients who want to be that early adopters, making sure that they are fine with the new features. I love that kind of role of customer success being that gateway between the product and the clients. Katrina, previously you mentioned that you were in account management and then you switched to customer success as a natural progression of a role. I wonder what's the case with your team. How do you go about spinning the new customer success teams? Yeah, so early on in my career, I moved from, or we changed. We were previously account managers. And one day we became customer success managers. And to be perfectly honest, I waited until the very last minute to change my title. I just, <laughs> I just did not want to do it. It was like, what is a customer success manager? I have never heard of this before. It's going to look terrible on my resume. And I just wasn't interested in participating at all. At this particular company, there wasn't much of a difference between what we were doing as account managers and what we were doing as customer success managers. It really was a title change. Uh, since then, I've worked with organizations either as like the principal customer success manager or I've worked with companies that have tried to convert people from customer service representative roles into CSMs, BDR roles, business development representative roles into customer success managers and support into customer success managers. And what's really interesting is they may or may not do that with the permission of their customers or the permission of their team. One of the things that's really important to me is that 
employees are in their best fit role and also that they have the freedom to share their feedback to help me grow and to help them grow. So when companies are looking at switching into customer success roles, I think it's really important that they paint a picture for the employees who are going to be affected and also make it clear that like there's no punishment. So if you decide you don't want to go into customer success, you don't want to go into customer experience, I think it's important to have another space for them. But at the same time, you'll also find people who are just waiting for it. They're so excited. They can't wait to move into more of a consultative role. And these are people who may have excelled in their support roles. They may have excelled in other consultative or implementation-based roles because they go the extra step and they think about things holistically. So I think it's important, one, that you paint a picture of what the future looks like and also the requirements for the role and maybe even job postings for additional headcount, because it can be really difficult for someone who comes from one of those, what I think of as sister teams, like our support team or our business development team, to even imagine what the customer success role will entail. So you paint the picture, and then you have to provide training and reinforce it. And I think that's sometimes where we don't do the right thing by our employees, but it's really important that either you, you look at a program like a Rick Adams has, has a great customer success certification program, or you look at some of the other resources that are available very early on and provide some foundational training prior to getting the certification. I still think those certifications are pretty important once you are certain that you have the right people in place. But I think companies can suffer if they insist on moving people from support to success, or they insist on moving people from business development to success without that person really understanding what the role is and whether or not they want to be in it. I think sometimes there's also a fear with those employees that if they change their mind later, or if they change their mind even a week later, <laughs> that, that they won't have a job. And so I think it's important for leaders to share the new role let them know that they're a part of the company and that we'll find the right position for them and allow people to move in and out the role for a period of time. You're talking about spinning whole teams. So having account managers, for example, becoming customer success managers. What are the triggers for organizations to start doing it? I wonder, do you see that happening more in startups or other type of organizations? Just tell me more about the process I'm interested in now. In my experience, I don't see it quite as much with startups. I see startups go from like, hey, we have a small sales team and that sales team is everything. They are their sales, they're providing support for the existing customer base, and they are consulting with the customer. So they're in that CSM role. And then depending on how the sales goes, they either get a support team or they get a customer success team and they grow organically. What I'm seeing in recent years are these kind of mid-sized companies whose uh, leadership is, is hearing about customer success and they want to make the shift, but they have a finite number of resources or headcount really. And so they say, hey, we're going to do something new. 
who wants to be a part of it? <laughs> and people might raise their hands, but they may not also explain what a customer success role is. And so for some people, I see this more so with support. It can be really difficult for someone who's been in a support role for, for a number of years to transfer into a customer success role if they weren't provided with a clearer picture of what that role actually is. Uh, so one of the things that I do with my team is we did do some foundational customer success training really early on, talk about the history of customer success, why it exists, why it's so important for a SaaS company and what our founding principles are. So we came up with our founding principles. We came up with our mission statement. We have like a mantra that we can go back to when we're kind of wavering on what the next right step is. Um, and then we also started reading the customer success professionals handbook together. And that has been very impactful for the team. For some people, they're saying that it helps them realize that yes, they are going in the right direction, you know, after training has taken place and and they're on their own, they refer back to them and make sure they're doing the right next step for their role. But I've also worked with customer success teams that have been converted from other roles where they were doing something entirely different, but they weren't necessarily provided with training and they have just no idea <laughs> what to do next because they weren't provided with training really. So a lot of times with the transfer from an existing role to a new role, I'm seeing companies allow their CSMs to just be dropped on their heads when they're going into that new role because they aren't investing in the training of the individual. So my word of question is just to provide that training <laughs> or even do a club or really anything. But uh, once you have your team set, I would look at certifications similar to what Rick Adams has. It's a great tip. It's interesting. Certifications you can literally do it in a day two or you know, even a few days and you can set up those people for a tremendous success just through that training. Like it sounds so easy and still we see how it's not going great always for some companies who don't implement it. So thanks so much for providing that tip. Oh, of course. In making sure that you are really setting up those individuals for success in their careers, talking about customer success, a part of providing them with that initial training, what else you think could be extremely important just to make sure that they can be really successful in the role? Yeah, so as you're rolling out your training and helping people understand what customer success is really about, you'll start to notice your rock stars, your people who really stand out, who are having success with customers. They may have more complex portfolio of larger customers. And so what we've done in our organization is we have paired these kind of senior CSMs or even managers of the customer success team with those who have less work experience and may need some guidance. So the benefit is some of us who are in management are working with those senior CSMs to mentor them. And they in turn are mentoring other members of the team. They're all assigned a person to work with. And, you know, it should be a mutually beneficial relationship where we're learning from one another. Um, it does take some things off my plate. So I do appreciate it. I think it also allows those senior CSMs and, and managers who will be growing in their career more quickly. It allows them to learn how to give constructive feedback in a way that is diplomatic and helpful and can be taken seriously. So they're getting, the mentors are getting a little bit of additional training. They're getting additional mentorship, and then they're passing that forward to their mentees. And that's something that 
when I was coming up in customer success, I really wanted, I really wanted a customer success mentor. I would sometimes target two women in the office who I thought were doing exceptional jobs and mirror them and learn from them. I eventually did tell them like, hey, I'm kind of watching you. (laughs) And they were very kind and and provided some additional guidance. And I'm thankful for all the people who said, okay, fine, you're watching me. I I guess I will help you. (laughs) But yeah, I think mentorship is really important. Well, I can imagine why, just going back from the beginning of our conversation, but you spoke about that lady whom you follow, who actually mentored you in such a profound way that, you know, her influence is lasting for your career. I can imagine where that love towards mentorship comes from. Yeah, she had this organization called Stiletto Spy School. And a lot of it teaches like business practices for women and how to be more confident and, um, ways to present, ways to kind of hold your body and and ways to project. And coming out of college and getting that training early on was pivotal in my career. Just wondering, have you ever had any challenging experience just by being a woman? Um, You know, I feel I worked with people who didn't make me feel as if I couldn't do something or something I said was silly. I've had maybe two experiences, one with a customer where I had to bring in a senior male into one of our meetings. And the way that we handled it, and it was really his idea, was anytime the customer asked a question, I answered it. So I answered it. And then they kept going to him for, for verification. Wow. And he verify. <laughs> but it was very awkward because it was like their senior counsel, who was also a woman and a woman of color as well. And they did not believe us on pretty much anything related to security and compliance, we had to have this man come in to say, yes, they're correct. Yes, they're correct. Yes, they're correct. Time and time again. Um, Another time was when I responded to a fairly technical email with what I believed was the next right step and was ridiculed in the email. And so the same person, it was the same guy who he runs over to my desk and he says, don't, don't respond to that. I'm going to handle it because the person was on his team who responded and kind of ridiculed me and it never happened again. I also want to point out that I was right <laughs> in my email response. <laughs> that was interesting. But other than that, I, I've been so fortunate to have worked with individuals who were really focused inclusion and really kind of welcomed me and allowed me to share my opinions freely. I think sometimes SAS can be great for those environments. Thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate also you having these individuals being there kind of to hold your back. It's so important to have someone like that in your organization. What's your take on your own success? For me, success is having clarity to take the next right step. Uh, So in my work life, it means that I'm able to have an impact to understand what the next steps are and to actually complete it, right? It's, It's limiting the number of fires that will inevitably come your way. And also just empowering the team to advocate for themselves. My favorite part of being a customer success director is watching the team grow. And it took some time for me to move out of a customer success manager role into management roles because it was also my favorite part of working with customers was watching them, you know, take advantage of the product and use it in really creative 
ways, but I've always enjoyed mentoring. Uh, so, and I enjoy volunteering and spending time with people in general and, and just helping them achieve their goals. Uh, and so now at work, if I am training people in such a way that they can replace me and make my job obsolete, then I feel like I am successful at work. If also I'm doing this in such a way to where the team can get all of their work done in a 40-hour work week and have good work-life balance, then I'm successful at work. And I can also be successful in my personal life and, and make sure that I set, a, set time aside, you know, in the evenings or on the weekends for my family and, and have great, you know, work-life balance. And that's pretty much how I define success is taking care of the people that entrust me with their care, in some cases also with their career. That's a wonderful take on success. <laughs> What is your message to aspiring leaders in customer success? If you see something, say something. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think back to uh, my first boss or my first two bosses, I should say, customer success. And I think, wow, I must've been really annoying because I was constantly, you know, raising my hand saying, Hey, I see an opportunity. I might not have worded it that way either. It's more like, Hey, I see a problem. Uh, but my bosses put me to work. They're like, Oh, you see a problem. Do you? <laughs> and so, <laughs> they were like, if you are going to come over here with the problem, I need you to come with two solutions. But that was really great for me because It made me feel like I could be a part of a solution and it allowed me to be able to work with, with other departments. So if you see something, say something, but make sure that you, you say it in a way that's diplomatic and you provide solutions. And because you are essentially doing the work of someone in another role, it makes it more likely that you will be considered for that role when the opportunity comes. The time to get ready for your next job is while you're in your current job. That's really a good one. Think about that next opportunity as well when you're coming with problems and solutions. Right. Thank you so much for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. And thanks for sharing some of your experiences with us today. Thank you, Maria. It was great talking to you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, I'd like to hear from you. So connect on LinkedIn, Instagram, and website, womeninCSpodcast.com. Subscribe now so you don't miss out of the following episodes and leave a review if you like this podcast. Have a great day and talk to you soon.